Yo. Riley Cameron, bro? Yeah, what up? All right. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the next episode of The Truth with my boy Riley. Um, and today we're going to be talking about chips. Um, this has been a topic that I've been wanting to talk to for a while. Um, and I feel like today was the right day to do it. So, um, Riley, I'm glad that you joined. I'm glad that you get to do this with me. And um, I'm excited to talk about it, bro, and what it means to have biblical community and just the importance of it. And um, So I'll open up some prayer and we'll get started. Dear Holy Father, I just thank you for this day. Um, Lord, I just thank you for this time, God, that um, we get to come here just to do life with you, Lord. That we get just to talk about your word, just talk about the things that you've done in our life personally, God. Um, and I just ask that um, that you would just speak through us and give us wisdom, um, that you will keep our hearts open, that perfection is not the key of this podcast. It's not about trying to put on a show or put on this um, persona of who we think we are or whatever. It's about you, God. And um, I just know that, um, that when you show up, things get done, and that, God, that you move how you want, and that... Um, and that you would just continue just to bless this ministry opportunity and just allow us just to be light for others, God. Um, we love you and see your precious name, pray. Amen. Um, so yeah, Riley, so kind of what I want to talk to you about, man, and just to share with people is, um, you know, I know that we're both, um, you know, young adults, young teenagers, and, um, you know, being in the church, being in the youth, um, I know that, you know, they say like having biblical community is so important with the Christian walk. Um, and honestly, dude, I just want to kind of hear your take on it, on what's your idea of, uh, you know, Christ-centered friendships and just how important it is to you personally, or just share, you know, your experience with it and everything. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I say just um, our relationships and our friendships with other humans aren't so different. They're not different from our relationship with Jesus. Um, yeah. And Jesus just asks us, like, when we're in relationship with him to constantly deny ourselves and die to ourselves um and if you're not doing that in your friendships if you're not dying to yourself then um you're gonna be selfish and you're gonna be good at taking from another person so i mean you have to be really selfless if you want to if you want to get the most out of your biblical friendships and christ friendships then you have to um have christ be the center of who you are Um, individually so that Christ can get the best um, out of the friendship corporately Um, you know what I mean yeah I love that dude that's so good Um, you know like that's kind of crazy that you said that like you know when I think about you know Christ in our friendships and just having that biblical community you know I think about like how can my friendship glorify God you know how do I think about like how can we live a life to where you know we're doing life with God together we are you know, sharing the gospel, we are glorifying him in everything that we do. Um, and I just think that's just so healthy, man. Like he was kind of saying how, like, when you walk with God and you walk with others, you are feeding off each other, you are pouring into each other. And I just feel like that is just so healthy, bro. Um, yeah. Just, you know, being around people who are like-minded like you, people who want more Jesus, people who want to fall deeper in his love. Um, I just think that's just so important, man. And I'm honestly, I can speak from experience, Riley, you know, um, coming along hollow last year and just finding people my age who love Jesus, um, just speaking from that point of view, I can speak that like it is healthy, it is important, it is worth it having people in your life who push you to be a better Christian, who push you um, to want to fall in love with Jesus even more.
Um, and, um, yeah, bro, I just, when I think about that a lot, um, I see how um, hard it is to find that, though, sometimes, you know, how we have cliques in the church and we have people, you know, that are so used to being in the same group, they're not, um, they're not wanting to get around. So, um, Riley, what's your thoughts on that, you know, like getting out of your comfort zone, you know, trying to bring more people into your life instead of being so stuck with the same group? Like, you have to. Like, you you have to. Um, and I have this verse that I want to share. Kind of kind of hints on that. Ecclesiastes 4, 9, 2 are better than 1 because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone and when he falls. And has yeah. not another one to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. And who can keep warm alone? So, I mean, if you're concerned about your overall well-being... Um, in your spirituality, if you're um, really concerned about how Jesus is working in your life, you have to bring al- others along with you. And yeah. if you don't, like, um, you're going to struggle with loneliness. And wow, that's why in, in creation, like God said, it's not okay for men to be alone. So he created a partner with them. Um, so we have to, I mean, if you want to follow Jesus you have to keep his commandments and his commandments is like hey like um in, in the book of Acts Acts chapter 2 is like you have to break bread with other believers like yeah go with other believers and um create other believers like go with believers and create other believers he never called us to follow Jesus alone like we are called like that's why there was 12 disciples like yeah that's good he didn't come on it wasn't like okay um it wasn't Jesus and his one disciple. It was Jesus and his 12 disciples. So all of them um, followed Jesus together and they all um, denied themselves themselves together. And when one fell, the other one picked him up. If one fell, the other one exalted them. Like that's all it was. It was a picture of the church. Like, hey, let's build each other up in encouragement and so good, also correction. Like we're gonna encourage each other, but we're also gonna correct each other. Um, but we have to make sure we do that in love because I think a lot of the times we correct each other, but we don't correct each other in love. Yeah. And when you want Christ-centered relationships, you have to do everything in love because like Jesus said, walk in love, walk in the spirit and walk in love. And if you're not doing those things and you're disobeying him and you're not being faithful um, in your, in your relationships, like at all. Dude, that is so good. I love that, bro. Um, you know, when I kind of, kind of think about this phrase that I see all the time. I used to say, like, we're not here to do life alone. You know, I think about, like, when I was talking about getting out of your comfort zone, like, like guys, it's okay to, you know, not leave. You, you can leave your friend groups, but you don't have to leave them permanently. But, like, just learn how to branch out. Learn how to meet different types of people. Learn how to meet different yeah. believers. Because you never know. You might be the person that someone may need. Um, that, someone that, I'm sorry, that someone may need in their life to push them towards Christ. That you know that somebody may need that biblical community and like you can be the you may be the only one that may introduce them to that um and i just think that's just so important that we learn how to get out of our shells and just learn how to like i said branch out into not only just love on people but to you know be the life for other believers you know there are people who are getting saved left and right people who are new to faith they're going to need people in their life who are going to encourage them pour into them lift them up because you know they're new to it and i just think that it's just so imperative bro that we just learn how to be the body of christ and learn how to allow people to come into our life um god willing of course when that time comes but um 
Yeah, dude, I love that, dude. That is so good. Um, you know, it kind of reminds me of Proverbs um, 27. Um, what was it? 27. Uh, uh, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Like, that is the point of why we're doing life together. We're here to push each other. We're here to sharpen each other, hold each other accountable. I just think, dude, it is so, like, God's word makes it very clear, dude. Like, we are called to do life together. And oh, I just cannot stress that enough, man. I think that, you know, in the youth right now, um, in the church, I feel like that's something that we're kind of, we're not really doing well on is, you know, trying to bring more to community, you know, letting it be healthy and welcoming. And I don't know, I just, that's just so important. Um, yeah, and dude, that was, another, another, yeah. yeah, I had to go for out, it. Like, no, you're good, go for it. It's, it's not like the struggle in the church is that um, all the Christians are doing life alone. It's, like the main problem is some people aren't even living living the Christian life at all Um, I'd say if you are truly in Christ you are truly going to want to be with other believers yeah the problem is there's um, a lack of people that who are in Christ at all Um, and wow I know I mean like I had to sound kind of harsh but like it's the truth like it's the truth that there's a lot of people in the church especially in youth ministry especially in Mm. uh, just students in general like there's people that just aren't in Christ at all because if you're in Christ you're going to love the body of Christ if you love the body of Christ you're going to be in community constantly Um, yeah so yeah Yeah, that's so good I love that Um, another question I kind of want to ask I want to hear your thoughts on it before I go Um, what are your thoughts on having boundaries and Christ in do you think they're important or just elaborate on that what you think um, um, or how make this even more specific like having you know like friends you know different genders or like just any boundary that it comes with you know having that Christ-centered friendship but like lines that you can cross and stuff like that um, what are your thoughts on that? they can be anything. in friendships yeah I'd say like sin, sin, is, sin is always the boundary um, in everything yeah and if, if your motives are I want to get I don't want to get um, so close to this boundary to where it's not sin or no excuse me yeah. I want to get so close to the boundary where it's not sin I think that approach is like is, is not glorifying to the Lord I think in everything that we do in friendships relationships anything that we do if your heart is I want to glorify the Lord in this, and I want to show the love of Christ in this. Yeah. Everything you do is going to be in the in the will of God. And That's good. if you are consumed with legalism, if you're consumed with rules or boundaries, yeah. and you're not concerned yeah. about the glory of God, then what's the point? Because um, God doesn't want a bunch of um, religious rule followers. He wants a bunch of lovers of God. So good. Come um, on. In Proverbs seventeen seventeen, a friend loves at all times. Mm. If you're loving the Lord all of the time, and if you're loving your friends all the time, you're loving your relationships all the time. Like you're going to be glorifying the Lord in all yeah. of that. If your motives are, I want to love God in this, I want to enjoy God through this, and I want to glorify God through this. That's if you're doing true. those things, I mean, then. Um, you're gonna be, you're gonna be good. You're gonna be set. Yeah, dude, that's so good. Um, 
you know, it's great. Kind of what I wanted to talk about, you know, this is the perfect topic to talk about. It's something that I've learned um, this summer of having a biblical community. Um, and Riley, I don't know if you heard of this before, but me and my friends, we were talking about how, like, you know, kind of the dangers of having biblical communities. You'll reach a point to where, you know, people tend to rely on other people's faith too much and less of God. And what I mean by that is people will want to only pursue God if they're only around their group or only pursue God if they're only around you know certain people or a person you know people begin to sort of idolize them and sort of to put them in place of God I mean I don't know if you you know if you've experienced that or have had people in your life that tend to do that but like people who can't seek God if they don't have their friend group with them I think that yeah. becomes that becomes kind of unhealthy because um, you are literally pushing away your relationship with God and you're allowing your relationship with God to be based off your friends and people will be like that's not a bad thing because I have community but it is because if you can't seek the Lord privately and you can't build that relationship and that intimacy with him like with just you and him then how can you ever do it when it comes to being around other people because on like even though having a biblical community is great we're not God we're not perfect we can't give you the same things that God can like we can't we're not that provider like he is, you know? And I feel yeah. like we tend to lose that, man, when we find such a healthy church, such a healthy community that we tend to lose that, okay, it's about God and not about us. Um, and I just think yeah. that it's just so important, man, that we really be mindful that, yes, it is inspiring, it is encouraging to be around people who love God, people who want nothing more but him. But it becomes a problem when we begin to make these people, you know, our idols or make them seem like, okay, I can't be spiritual. I can't love God if I'm not around these people. Um, yeah. And I just feel like that's just so important that is that does not get talked about at all. But from speaking from an experience, man, that we've experienced that and me and my friend group before that we had to talk and be like, hey, we thought we want to talk about this. We thought about it, but I think we all need to take a break. And we weren't saying that, oh, we need to take a break from each other. We can't be friends anymore. But we needed to really evaluate ourselves and our walk with God because we were, we were becoming so centered around each other. We began to lose that purpose of like, okay, why are we a community? Are we trying to serve God or we're only trying to serve ourselves? And I just think that um, you just got to be mindful of that, bro. And um, yeah. that's kind of what I was talking about earlier about having boundaries. Okay, like, dude, like, yeah, it is, I got you now. No, you're good. I mean, it's just so important. Um, so you have, maybe, yeah. you have any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we have to be in community. We have to be spiritually involved, but not necessarily spiritually dependent on one another. Mm, yeah. In results. Like, if I need other people, um, if I can't, here, I'm going to try to work this best way possible. I kind of like good. what you were saying. Like, we can't we can't follow God intimately and privately if we're only following him publicly and corporately. Wow. Um, oh my goodness. Come on. That's a and like, uh, Oh my gosh. Because if you're only, if the only time that you spend with the Lord, with other people, if you're only doing that with other people, then that defeats the purpose of when scripture talks about, Hey, you have to be intimate with the father. Because mm. you can't, it's really hard to be intimate with, with just the Father and just sitting in His presence by yourself if you're only doing that with other people. Mm. So yeah. I, I want to say that one more time, like, 
we can't we have to be spiritually involved with each other but not spiritually dependent on each other wow um dude. so dude. that's dude i'm not gonna lie you got me sending i, w- I want like, yeah, to like remember what i like forgot what i said i want to write it down bro what did i even you said we can't be spiritually involved wait, wait, wait. evolve no, with each other wait what did you say it was no, there, so there's two, there two parts there's two parts it was a uh, we can't be spiritually dependent on each other but we can we have to be spiritually involved with each other but what was the other thing and then you said um we can't develop intimacy um and walk with god privately and try to do it and try to do it if we're only doing it publicly yeah that's it yeah yeah that's it that's oh it. my gosh dude you need to I know it's something you put that right there down. That's good. I like. I, I can't love forget that. that. We can, hey, you cannot forget that. No, that's good. Um, man, this is great. I love it, bro. Um, so another thing, kind of want to talk about too that because I can talk about a lot is what are your opinions and you can elaborate on this however you want. It's all open. But what are your thoughts on having Christ-centered friendships with different genders? What are some boundaries and things you have to be mindful of of having that? Like for us men having you know girlfriends like friends who are you know christians who are girls and then you know we can speak on you know girls having guy friends who are christians i don't know whatever you go ahead if you, you know, um and you can I speak mean, from experiences I'm, I'm, totally, I'm not against having having christ-centered friendships with the opposite gender um i mean like i was saying before like if you're glorifying the Lord through everything you do then the will of God is going to be revealed in everything mm. that you do yeah. so if you're like so let's say hey I have this these friendships with, with opposite gender um, and your goal is to glorify the Lord in all that you do in that then then you're going to be good the will of God is, is going to yeah. be evident um, but if your motives are like I'm just using spirituality in the mix in order to satisfy my desires mm. for the opposite gender then that's when it becomes wow that's when that's when satan takes that um and has his will um yeah but i mean no i'm i'm definitely not not against that oh absolutely like i'm yeah i'm yeah. not against it either like i have so many um you know, women in my life who are one of the Lord, women who pursue the Lord, and we're close and we're friends. Um, but kind of the thing I want to talk about, though, is that we do talk about, you know, we all we have before talked about um, unhealthy boundaries and things that you can cross lines when your motives become not okay. Um, and one of those things is if you are, here's the thing, and I'm speaking for men and women, so don't feel attacked. Um, if you are only being friends with the opposite gender just to find your future spouse or you just only doing it to get to find a relationship your motives is wrong your heart is not right because why are you trying like i'm not saying I'm trying to word this the best i can i'm not saying that you're it's okay to you know get to know one another you want to okay this possibly could be but that's not the point of we missed the picture like we're the body of christ it's not meant to be all about my marriage my relationship i should date like i feel like you begin to have that mindset and it becomes unhealthy um you know, i think that's what that's what kind of the lines that we tend to cross dude is you know having opposite gender friends it's like 
yes, like, I, she loves the Lord, she loves Jesus, I should pursue her, we should be more than friends, I'm, she, but that's not, at the same time, that's not how that works, because we're missing the point of why we're friends, we're missing the point to why we're in a community of different people, different genders, it's meant to be different, but it's not, if we make it only about, like, dating and relationships, we kind of lose that purpose sometimes, does that make sense? Yeah, I'm not losing I see you on that, like, like and um and i think um another like healthy thing that they can mind of is like i personally don't agree that like men should hold like there's a certain extent you should hold your you know woman in your life that pursue the lord accountable does that make sense like i don't think you should like you know people say like you shouldn't do bible studies with the opposite gender like one-on-one what are your thoughts on that like as a friend you should um it's so debatable. Man, I, don't, I don't. I really don't know because, like, I don't know how much scripture writes about it. I don't. I don't. Know yeah. Familiar, I would even. I don't even know if I'm like knowledgeable enough to give my opinion. On I was about to say I don't even at this point. I'm just. I can always really speak from experience on this stuff. But like, I do believe that there needs to be like a a boundary between it though, like a line. Yeah. Like you shouldn't. There's only there's there should be a certain extent to where like I said you hold you know that opposite gender that person accountable or you try to you know I don't I don't know it's so it's so debatable like I'm not trying to debate or anything like that but I think you have to be mindful of who you because if you are a community you know everyone has their flaws everyone has a past everyone struggles with something but if you're not or if you're not careful about that if you are constantly trying to push yourself or you're trying to allow yourself to become their god and you're trying to become that oh well this this is probably my future spouse i should be this for her or this is my future husband i should be that for him like you're missing the purpose like we're trying to glorify god in this season of having a community and when that time comes lord willing when it comes to you know dating and relationships and that's fine but you're missing the sole purpose of having a biblical community that is meant to do one thing and that's to glorify god um and um one thing too is no matter what we're talking about no matter what you're doing no matter what the situation is we have to know that satan tries to twist and pervert Mm. all of it when it comes to relationships friendships christ-centered friendships yeah Satan's gonna take it and he's going to twist it into um something corrupt in a way that god did not design to be he's gonna change it and corrupt it because that's all he does all he does is try to make sin evident in what we do um and make sin evident in situations where it shouldn't be evident um, yeah and take take what god has created and change it into a way that takes all the glory out of it for him and the way he does it and if we're talking about these friendships like if you are wanting a biblical community then Satan's gonna change that, twist that, and into a way that it's gonna make it perverted because that's all Satan does is he's gonna create sin, and all sin, all sin really does is make God look worthless and make us feel like we're doing the right thing, even though all we're doing is taking glory from God and making God mm. look worthless. Yeah, that's that's definitely good, man. Like, and I, and that kind of goes back to what I was thinking about man about you know when you have community um, you know not just holding each other accountable but just 
you know, being there for each other. You know, I feel like sometimes we do get caught up in the, you know, yeah, we're glorifying God, we're worshiping, we're doing all these things. But when I talk about, you know, doing life, that means in all areas, bro. Like, learn how to like listening to like your peers and people who are going through things in life, how you can just be there for them um, and to love on them. You know, I feel like we do tend to get caught up in, like I said, the happiness. We tend to miss what's going on behind closed doors and people that, you know, are going through things, you know, just being there for each other. Yeah. Um, and, uh, when, you know, one of the things that I've been learning, man, having, you know, Christian friends in the community is we all are fighting our battles, but we're not meant to do it by ourselves. Um, we're not here to, um, you know, and, you know, some people, they're different. You know, some people don't want to share. Um, that's totally fine. But I'm saying, like, we're not here I said to do life alone and we're not here to um you know walk walk it by ourselves um and I just I don't know I just think it's so beautiful that you know God allows us to do community he allows us to come together because he knows what is that verse kind of remind me Riley because I I suck at remembering verses so much and I can admit that um like where two or more gather in my name is um I am there also there also yeah what is that it's uh come on I know Jesus said it, but, uh... Right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, God's word, he makes that very clear, man, that, like, he is there amongst us when we're there together as his sons and daughters. Um, you know, I don't know... You know, it's kind of hard for someone to listen to this for uh, those who don't have biblical community, people who don't have people in their life who are pushing them towards Jesus. I mean, if I can kind of give some encouragement, um, that I know that it's hard... Um, I know that it feel you may feel alone. You may feel like, man, like, what do y'all talk? Y'all talk. The stuff that y'all are talking about is so good, but like, I don't have that. And like, I'm not trying to be that person and say, oh, just pray. But honestly, like, just I will one pray about it. You know, continue to seek God. Um, you know, find a church, a local church that's close to you. Try to get plugged in with the youth. Reach out to someone that you know personally, um, who's in the church or that has community and talk to them about it you know like there is community out there people who will love on you and support you and push you towards god rather if that's physically or virtually i mean riley honestly like from my experience bro like before i truly had like community last year like people that like who loved god like in person like it started with me being on a google zoom dude like the believers across you know the united states you know we were doing bible studies and having like worship nights on a zoom call yeah, and I and, honestly think, yeah, go for it. No, you're good. Okay, yeah. Good. I, I love the thing about um, how you said that you should, yes, you should pray about it, but you shouldn't just pray about it. And I think that application should always be followed by prayer, or prayer should always be followed by application. Like, you go mm-hmm. and pray, and then after you pray, you go and do something about it. Because oftentimes we just pray and we sit and we wait. And I think that is biblical. Sometimes we do pray and sit and wait in things that we can't control. But like yeah. in friendships and relationships, like there's a responsibility for, for you to go and find community because you got to go pray. Yes, be empowered by prayer. But after you pray, you go and you have to do something about it because this is like sometimes this is not a situation where you have to sit and wait. And, um, and I know I think sometimes... I think the biggest obstacle is maybe like social anxiety or anything like this. Like like you were talking about earlier, not to get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. But like pray for boldness. Don't just mm. pray for God to pl- place someone in your life and not do anything. Like 
pray for confidence and boldness and opportunities to go and seek people and find people and go and find people that will be willing genuinely willing to go and follow jesus with you Um, yeah so i think that's important to just always pray and then apply what you just prayed man come on i'm I'm getting fired up right now i love it dude um i think we're nailing all the points i kind of wanted to talk about today but there's one more thing that i kind of wanted to talk about that does not get talked about like i said but i'm speaking from experience and just what you know god has laid on my heart for so long man that we tend to do as believers and it's okay we all struggle with it before so so do i do um but i have to learn from this but something that we tend to do when, we, when it comes to having community and building community we begin to compare comparison yeah um and bro let me tell True. you for someone True. like i i went through a long journey with this and i had to learn but comparison is so dangerous it is unhealthy and it will it will ruin your walk with God. It will hinder it. It will make you feel like, man, like it will just, you'll make you feel worthless, man. Like we yeah. begin to compare ourselves to other spiritual walk with the Lord and it becomes so unhealthy to where we are doubting ourselves. We're to the point where I know people who are doubting their salvation, people who don't even want to, you know, either be a believer or they don't want to walk with the Lord. It's like they don't have what someone does. And let me tell you, like, please stop the comparing game because if you have a biblical community, everyone is different on a walk with the Lord. Everyone has different spiritual gifts. Everyone has different callings. Yeah. Learn from them. You that's why y'all are together. Y'all are meant, y'all, we all glorify God in many different ways. But it's the same God. Um, and I think that you shouldn't compare yourself because you are literally designed. God designed you the way He has you designed. He has put you on a path um, that is meant for you and Him. Like I say this all the time, Riley. I don't know if you heard this, but like, like for me and you, Riley, like there may God may allow you to minister to someone in a way that I may never could. Um, yeah. He may allow you to reach certain people that I may never could because He has a path set for you. He has a path set for me. We don't have the same yeah, calling. Nice. We don't have the same walk. And I think that once we stop comparing ourselves, we'll become more confident in our walk with the Lord because we're like, you know what? You designed me. You have plans for my life. I, if there's no copycat game and I think we begin to do that do where we be try to copy someone to walk we'll say like oh well he had a well he had an impact on the youth or he had an impact in someone's life or he baptized someone he led someone why can't I do it like it, it is so unhealthy bro it becomes yeah it, it, it can be distracting it becomes so bad to the point where, bro like you're like I don't even want to walk with the Lord because I don't have what he has or I don't have what she has it's like the comparison game has to stop when it comes to the church and especially when it comes to having like a biblical community dude like it is not gonna make it any better not it's gonna be so hard to glorify God if we're constantly doing the comparing game we're like okay I gotta walk like he's walking I gotta walk like how she is I have to do what she does I have to do what he does like no (laughs) Um, and I don't know, man. It's just... It's... Yeah, and... Comparison, like, when you compare yourself, you're stealing from yourself. Mm. You compare all these things about yourself, and all you're doing is just stealing joy from yourself, and you're stealing your overall well-being. And that's, like I was talking about before, that's Satan comes in and tries to do everything he can to yeah. shine or shed darkness on god's light that's all he's trying to do and 
in comparison, he takes our eyes off of God onto ourselves and to others, and that's when it becomes that's when it becomes sinful. And yeah. I, I heard one quote, and it's I'm gonna remember this quote for the rest of my life. But comparison always leads to discontentment. What? And <laughs> like, come on. And I didn't come up with it. I'm not even like trying to say that was mine. I didn't. I don't even know where I heard it, but. It's, it's true because if you're comparing yourself, all you're doing is leading yourself into a deeper hole of discontentment in, in God, who God created you to be. Because if I'm just so concerned about uh, what you're up to or what you're doing and um, how you're doing things, then I'm taking my eyes off of Jesus and I'm putting my eyes back onto myself where my eyes should be in the first place because God wants us to have our eyes forward and not inward because that's... The thing is, like we we do that all the time. All we Man. all we do is we look at ourselves way too much, and wow, people are wondering like, why am I so unhappy? It's like, bro, your eyes are always on yourself. You're just concerned about yourself. So just mm. uh, because this is what Jesus commanded us to do, He said, keep your eyes on Me, the Founder, mm. perfect, the Perfector, and the Author of like of your of your of ours, of your salvation, um, and. Yeah that's when we just take our eyes off Jesus and we then we lead into sin and then I just have kind of just one more thing to say and then um, we kind of you can have like your concluding thoughts or whatever no for sure but, but um, in community the it's, it's really simple I think we try to complicate it sometimes but um, the simplified version of God's commandment for community is gather together and go and bring other people with you yeah. So you gather together, follow God together, and go bring other people to follow God with you. Like in the Great Commission, like or the Great Commandment, it's like go and make disciples of all nations. All nations. And, yep. Come on. And yeah. I heard someone say like this: like sometimes we don't take that seriously, and we think of it as the great suggestion, and we just think oh that good. We just Come think on. that God suggested us to do these things, but no, God like said hey go and do these things and glorify my name and everything they do so um, that's yeah. so good man come on Rob. i love it dude love your heart bro i'm glad if you said on that <laughs> yeah 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 um, kind of to end this um kind of want to give some encouragement just you know love for people who are listening to this um because i know i have conversations um, daily with people who are constantly asking me about communities like this so this is a common topic um today that a lot of young christians you know like me Rob, and all of us that we talk about um to kind of give you this encouragement um, if you have community, please um, continue to pray for those that you love. Continue to pray for those that you are seeking God with, um, because God can easily take them away. God can easily replace and do what He wants because He just can. He's He has that authority. Um, so do not idolize your friendships. You know, learn from each other, love each other, but just know that you will never be able to be that person. Um, no one, no one in that the community should be that spiritual leader or that pastor of the group you know like we're all imperfect we all are learning we all are young um, and we shall all realize that we are only here to glorify god and we're here to do life with each other um, and make sure you have those boundaries like i mentioned earlier make sure that you are being aware that um, that we are all different on our walks and that we can't play the copycat game um, and like i said earlier like if you don't have community um like Riley said, you know, you pray about it, then you, you know, you apply it, and then you walk with it. You go, you try to do something about it, and, and allow God to work with you on that. Um, because I believe 
so heavily that God is the provider. He is our gyro in all circumstances. And I believe that, um, you know, you believe in your heart that you will do it. He will in his will. He will do it. (laughs) So, um, um, I love that so much. And Riley, thank you, dude, um, for hopping on, Rowan. Um, Do you want to end us in prayer? Yeah, bro. Go for it. All right. Dear Father, we just thank you so much for um, allowing us to just speak your word. God, we thank you that you've given us the authority of scripture to just preach it to ourselves and to others. God, we just thank you um, for the light that you shine on um, the darkness of our hearts, God. Yeah. Thank you for just the ways that you provide for us and just love us and um, shower us with your grace, God. So we just thank you for being so good to us. Um, I just pray that ultimately that you're exalted and glorified in Mm. all the words that we say and all the things that we do, God. Um, We just thank you for Randon and his heart for you, God. We just speak blessings over to him god just thank you for who you are in jesus name amen amen riley thank you bro love you i'm glad you hop on and uh love you bro it's it was great um i love it dude. so y'all stay tuned for the next episode um make sure i recommend y'all share it and um listen how many times you want but um, i'm glad that we got to do this together bro yeah. so see y'all peace What's up? What's up, bro? Um, well, Bailey, welcome to the third episode of The Truth. Um, we're going to be talking about a living sacrifice. Um, I'm really excited that we get to talk about this, um, considering that we had these conversations in the car um, tonight. And I think that it's great that we get to share, um, you know, just the things that God has put on our heart, but just what we learned. Um, and I'm just thankful that I get to do this with you, dude, um, and to have you. So open us up in prayer and we'll get started. Dearly Father, I just thank you for this time. Um, God, I just ask that um, that you would just be present and that, um, that, God, that you would just speak through us and just allow us just to um, talk about you and talk about your word. Um, for God, that we know that um, this is about you um, because, God, you have done so much in our lives. Um, and we just want to be able to just share that and just to continue just to walk with you, knowing that there is still more to come. And that we get to talk about what it means to be a living sacrifice, God. Um, we love you. And it's in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, yeah, dude. So, um, you know, today we're going to be talking about a living sacrifice. And, you know, one of the things that I thought about tonight, you know, when we were talking about this is like, man, that who we once were before we knew God, we are not that same person anymore. You know, we are saved by the grace of God. Yeah. Um, and I know that you know what that comes with it comes with a new life a new life that has different a different meaning a different purpose and you know that we are now a part of god now and that means that it does come with a different perspective of life um and i'm just excited that we get to talk about that man and um you know kind of to start us off and you know for the fans to listen to um so what are your thoughts on what it means to be a living sacrifice bailey or just like what can you elaborate from just a personal point of view i'll let you just take on that all right so <clears throat> I believe that there is that there is two major milestones in a Christian walk or somebody who has faith in the Lord. They have two two milestones that they hit. And yeah. um those two major milestones are their salvation and this, which is what can also be concluded as um flourishment, flourishment yeah. and finding your joy in Christ. 
So salvation is what everybody gets when they accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, the free gift of salvation through the through the death and the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So that's, that's our salvation. That's that's given to us. But it's like on our part um to flourish. The Lord wants us to flourish, but this mm. second milestone is is where we completely give everything to the Lord, you know, when when we talk about a living sacrifice, it's not saying, God, I'm going to die for you. That's just called a sacrifice. Yeah. Um, Romans 12 goes into what an actual living sacrifice is. Mm. And it yeah. basically, Romans 12 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that yeah. you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is yeah. your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that, what is that good and acceptable and perfect, perfect will of God. Yeah. So what I take away from this is, when you become a new creation, everything yeah. has to change. Come on. Your personality is the same, but but your will has to switch from your will to the Father's will. Um, and when it yeah. says present, present yourself as a living sacrifice, you know, anybody can be a martyr to the Lord. Anybody can say, I'll put my life on line for the Lord. But who can obviously say and confidently say that I will be a living sacrifice, that I will wow. live, I will live for you. You know, anybody can say I'll die for the Lord, but not everybody can say I will live each and every day for the Lord because it's a lot harder. I'm not going to lie. Um and it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah. So basically, what this is saying is you're becoming a new, you're transforming into a new person. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of people, you hear this a lot in society nowadays where people say they wish that they could just start all over. Yeah. And it's like, you really could. If you, if you look and you read um, in the Bible, all it talks about is you being transformed, you being a new creation in Christ. This is what Christ says. He, he says, come as you are, but not stay as you are. He come loves on. you so much, he'll forgive you, but he wants you to, to succeed. He wants you to be transformed. He wants you to stand out. And this is yeah. what it's saying. Don't be conformed to the world. Be different from the world. We live in this world, not of this world. So what really this good. is saying is, and for me personally, what it's telling me to do is every day I have to assess my situation, my setting, my, my life and say, yeah. how do I live today honorable to Christ? How do I give honor to the most high? How can I live in such a way that I represent Christ in everything I do? Mm. Dude, that is so good. I love that. I love how you elaborated on verse two. Um, you know, when I think about this, Bailey, like you're so right, dude, like when we, don't live like the world we are set apart in that we begin to be looked at differently people begin to question like why are you living like this there has this the way you're living has to have some meaning or why don't why don't you cuss why don't you drink why don't you do what i do and what they fail to realize it's not because of what we want or we're doing it just to be a show off we're doing it because like we serve a god we serve a father our savior someone who saved us someone who who provided us with this word that is living dude that is meant for teaching correcting conviction like it's breath it's alive and you know we're not meant to be like the world that's why we are the body of christ we are different 
for a reason because yeah. we know that you know when we try to live this godly life live this life for god that they're going to be people who don't know god people who want nothing to do with him they're going to encounter us and we got to be prepared and be ready to know that am i going <clears throat> to be a light for them or be a darkness for them and i think that it's just so imperative man that we do not copy the patterns of this world because while we try to be like the world then how are we going to say we're representing christ how if we're trying to copy the customs of the world it doesn't make yeah. sense um you know we serve a god you know who is perfect like it says like and then you will learn to know god's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect because when we keep our eyes on him when we lean into his will and what he wants for our life things begins to make sense you know like our life begins to be set new we don't the reason why we don't think like the world because we have god in our life we have god to look forward to not what the world to look forward to yeah i think that it is just so important for christians in today's society in our generation man that you can't live both lives you can't live for the world and live for god at the same time no because you're you're contradicting yourself you're saying oh i want 50 50 that's not how it works Mm mm-hmm and because then it didn't then it contradict yourself as saying oh, i'm a living sacrifice for god how am i a living sacrifice for god if i'm living for the world and living for him at the same time am i truly being a living sacrifice you know yeah um that's kind of my take on that man um yeah so what are your thoughts on that so basically another thing <clears throat> that we need to consider and for me personally this is what i had to do um what really changed everything is when I decided to take all these little small sacrifices that I couldn't see. And um, yeah. I prayed for discernment. Lord, show me what I need to give you. Because I got in this stage where I was I was saved. Um, I got baptized, everything. But it's like I didn't get anywhere. And I was in such a spot where it was confusion. Like, you know, Lord, why am I not being used in all these ways? Lord, why am I why am I stuck where I'm at? And the Lord basically told me, I can't take you any farther until you give me more slack to pull you forward. Wow. So what I had to do was I had to take all these little things and remove them from myself. So all these little sacrifices I had to give up to the Lord is what um progressed me forward, whether it was my finances, my relationships, my, my, my everything, my family, the very breath of my lungs, Lord, my mindset, my, my everything, um, even down my will, just whatever it takes. And I gave it to him. You're removing weight is what that is. Um, you're taking less control over, over yourself and your life. Um, and, and the good thing is, there's a practical way to go to go about um, being a living sacrifice because yeah. um, also in Romans, it talks about different ways we can be used as a living sacrifice. Um, and part of that um, Romans 12, um, three talks about serving God with spiritual gifts. Now, a lot of people see this and they get afraid. They get afraid because, because a lot of people don't study this. A lot of people don't understand this. Yeah. Spiritual gifts are not something that we use to um, bring glory and honor to ourselves to show off. No, no, no. Spiritual gifts are used when somebody is um, presenting themselves as, as an empty vessel for the Lord to use them for yeah. the return of the glory of God. So what Romans 3 
um, says is, for I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to mm. think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So basically what, what, what Paul's saying here is, <clears throat> do not think of yourself as more high than another person, more holy than another person, because one yeah. person may have a spiritual gift and one may not have a spiritual gift. One may have a different spiritual gift than the other one. We as the body of Christ have differing um, jobs, different, differing opportunities and, and responsibilities as the body of Christ. But the thing is, our differences is what hold together the, the body of Christ. So, one person may be blessed with the ability to to worship. You know, there's yeah. a difference between somebody yeah. singing and somebody being being um, blessed with the and being graced with the ability to worship the Lord. Yeah. Um, another one could be somebody um, who can who can speak in tongues. And again, this is another thing people don't are not familiar familiar with. I mean, I grew up Baptist. This was something that was very taboo, something we didn't talk about. Um, and the Bible talks about two different types of tongues. One being the heavenly tongue, which yeah. we cannot understand because it's the Holy spirit speaking for us and over us. And the se second one is the one that can be translated that needs a translator. Now, I will say there it's it's really something that's deep that you have to get into yeah. but 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 as <clears throat> as being a saved um man in Christ and being a follower of Christ I see these things and I don't I don't think well why why do we do this or why is this the way this is set yeah, up I good. look at this and I say wow like this is awesome like like for some people who are just so um, <clears throat> hung up on the idea of spiritual gifts that just don't understand it. Yeah, it's like you have to sit and think of how what what more can I express the glory of God than just my actions and my words? Mm. This is what this is. This is the gift of God, the gift of the Holy Spirit working yeah. through you. Because I, I am for certain that God knew and foresaw this, that humans can only give God glory through just faith, works, and speech. But there has to be something more. You mm. know, if you've ever seen somebody get healed, if you've ever seen somebody get delivered, if you've ever seen somebody get yeah, prophesied over, it's just something that is beyond human conception to where on. the only yep. thing you can say yep. is glory be to God. That's a miracle. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people try and get into this mindset of, but why? Like trying to understand why we would operate this way or try and understand why God did did this. Well, the more that the more that you try and understand God, the less he becomes God. The more that the more that you try and chase after the the knowledge of God, the less his miracles are miracles anymore. Wow. They're just Come expected. On, when you go with an opinion formed into a church and an expectation, those miracles and those deliverances and the prophecy and, 
and the healing, the delivering is all expected. You're quenching the spirit. Therefore, yeah. it is not a miracle. It's just a routine. And routine wow. is religion, and religion is tradition, which is against the whole point in the first place. God does not work in rotation. God works in free will in, in himself. And he's just, God, God works in such a way that we can't even think of how or why he does things. That's why he's God. That's why he is the, the great I am. He is above every other name. He is above everything because he's, he's literally everything. It, there's just no way to put it. And it's, it's something where if you're, if you're against these things, um, I don't judge anybody, but it's something you have to experience. Because no, just living, yeah. just just living as a saved Christian is not enough. Is not enough. Because yeah. because yeah. salvation salvation is guaranteed through the grace of God, but these mm. spiritual gifts are are literally it's a gift, and it's not only a gift; it's a privilege and such an honor to have yeah. as the body of Christ. And it's so important to just to just to just. Um, envelop these things and to use them to show the glory of God. And I feel like if a lot of people were more open about it, I feel like there'd be a lot more people um, wondering about the faith. Like we, like when people mm. think of Christians, they think of these stuck up people that think that we're better than everybody else, but we shouldn't. We should be the ones crying out to people, come get saved, come get healed, deliver, come come to us with your with your problems, with your addictions. We'll show you the Lord. We will show you how to get out of this pit that you're in, but we're not. If we can't sit in the same room with somebody we can't stand in a church building, how do you think we're going to react when somebody comes to us for help? It doesn't make any sense. I had this conversation with my middle schoolers yeah. um, in my life oh, group, and they're talking about this girl, this weird girl in their class, and they make fun of her all the time. And I asked them, well, how do you how do you talk to her? And they said, well, we asked her to go to church. And I said, that's against the whole point. You're being this is hypocrisy. I said, imagine if this girl said, yes, I'll go to church with you. But is it all right if I sit next to you? I brought this question up to these kids. And they looked at me and they said, I would say, no, she can't. And I told them, I said, this is the whole point of why people don't, they run away from the church is because we're not open. The doors are not open. We do not accept people um, as they come. We can't expect somebody to get clean, then come to church. I say, bring them dirty. I say, bring them with addictions, bring them with, with, with these chains, bring them with this pain so we can heal and we can deliver to show them the glory of God, that there is a God that cares and loves for them, that has a purpose for them, has a plan and, and just has a way for them. But we can't because we're so, so concerned on what, on what we do and do not do on a Sunday morning that we we're so we're hot headed in a way. We're so worried about what what pastors going to teach on Sunday when we're not worried about the people Man. who need deliverance, the people that need healing, and the people that need to know the Lord. You know, I'd rather go to a room full of full of people that don't know the Lord than be in a room of people that say they know the Lord but quench the spirit. Because the Man. vibe is completely different. Wow, wow, Bailey. Man, I 
dude, I love everything that you done said. Like, come on, glory to God. Like, that was just truth right there, man. Like, so many points you made. And one of the things that I love that you kind of reminded me of was he was talking about gifts. Is like, man, like, we can't forget that we are designed for God's glory, right? And yeah. when it comes to spiritual gifts, I think mm-hmm. we we tend to, you know, kind of idolize them and think that, oh, I have this gift. I can use it anytime I want or it's natural. I can do it however I want. No, that is negative. God has blessed you with this <clears> gift. And I believe that in his will and when the, in his spirit, that if he wants you to operate in this gift at a certain time, he will allow mm-hmm. that. It's not something that you can just activate. It's not a superpower. It's not something that you can abuse and be like, oh, I have the spiritual gift of prophecy. I can just activate my prophecy gift anytime. No, that's not how that works. It's meant for God's glory. God is going to minister through us. He's going to use us. That's what these gifts are for. I don't. I don't necessarily think these gifts are for us to boast about like you said to think we're more holy or higher than someone oh you can't speak in tongues i can that makes me more holier than you no mm-hmm. you know and i think you know that kind of goes back to the beginning <clears throat> when we talk about you know like us being a living sacrifice you know like we're not walking this walk alone therefore we cannot claim these things as if it's our own we cannot claim that because of our works we earn salvation we can't claim yeah. that because we're on fire for God, or we, we are, we walked with the Lord and did all these things that these gifts are ours. Like, no, it's the Lord's bro. And I mm-hmm. love that so much. And I think as the church, we kind of forget where we came from and we kind of forget of the creator that we serve. Yeah. Um, because we get so consumed in, you know, our ministry, um, the people that we've baptized, baptized people that we've led to Christ. Like we get so caught up in the moment and our experiences, we kind of miss the whole point of how we got there um, and how God is the reason why we were able to be in that spot. Yeah. Dude. So, um, dude, I love that you very, you touched on that about the gifts and um, about just, you know, like you said, just door to be in those vessels. We're just vessels being used by the Lord. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, I love that. Um, kind of <laughs> wanted to get with, cause Romans 12, you know, it's pretty straightforward. God's word is nothing but truth. We believe that in our hearts. And, you know, verse nine, um, it says, don't just, don't just pretend to love others. Um, really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Verse 10, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Verse 11, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. And verse 12, rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Mm-hmm. Bailey, I love what are, that. What, what are your thoughts on <clears throat> those couple of verses right there? What does it mean to you? Okay, so <clears throat> I love the way that Paul presents these because he presents them in not a way that um in a way that can be misunderstood. It's just straightforward. So He's saying, let love be without hypocrisy, which is saying, and I love the way that he puts this, um, say that you've got a group of friends and they're all struggling with sin. One is um, struggling with sexual immorality. One is struggling with pride and like one is struggling with just, I don't, I don't know, um, just something else. How are you going to say, I love the one that's struggling with lust and sexual immorality, but I don't yeah. love the one that's struggling with pride? It says, let love, let love be with that hypocrisy. 
do not let people affect or don't don't let the people's sins affect the way that that you love them if your brother if your brother if your brother or sister falls you're not supposed to stop loving them or just tell them to kick rocks or you leave you're called um to walk this life with these people um, and I understand communities change. People are temporary. Um, they're seasons, seasonal friends. So I truly believe that while you are there and while you are available to these people, you are that responsibility to love them and not loving them so yeah. that you can love them, but love them because God loves them. And he loves you. That's what this is saying. Um And he's saying, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality. So I really like what he's saying here because... It, this is what a Christian is. A Christian is not somebody who goes out to tell people what they should and should not do. Christians are called mm, come on, to be come servants, um, <clears throat> just like Jesus was. Jesus said, I was come here to serve, not to be served, but to serve. Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. And they said, yeah. Rabbi, what are you doing? He's washing their feet. He's showing them what a servant does. We are to humble ourselves before other people to help people. I, I love the fact that we love to send and we love to brag about sending missionaries overseas when we can't worry about the place across the street that needs Jesus. We don't. We really don't. Oh, my goodness. And <clears throat> we should delight in this. We don't. We're so humility is a big thing in the church that, mm. that needs to be fixed. Wow. Humility. Wow. A church without humility is not a church at all a church without humility is a place of just arrogance and a place where people go that just there's no the the holy spirit will not be where people don't want it to be because then where there's not humility there's no room for the holy spirit to be there to move so in that way you're acting within your own strength and your own action so it's bound to fail um and with with that being said with humility you understand and you can have that discernment to see the small things. Mm. Um, if you've ever seen, um, you can tell this by a lot of people, and I've seen this, if there is a pastor up on the stage or if there's leaders in the room and they're giving this big sermon and they're calling people to be um, to receive Jesus, and then there's that one kid in the back of the room that nobody is sitting around, and you see somebody go up and start talking to them. That's humility. We're not looking for numbers. We're looking for genuineness. Wow. <clears throat> I'd rather a room have one genuine salvation than have 10 people or 50 people raise their hand because the person next to them raised their hand to receive Jesus. Not out of fear of hell, but because I want to receive Jesus, I want to be healed, and I want to be used for the glory of God. There's a difference between the fear of God and the love of God 
and they both go hand in hand. The fear of God being that I know who God is and I acknowledge his power and the love of God is I love him so much that I'll do whatever he wants me to do. You see, a lot of people want to choose Jesus because they don't want to go to hell. How many people want to choose Jesus because they love Jesus and they want to be used by Jesus, by the Holy Spirit? Dude, that is so good, that man. It is so important that people acknowledge what their priorities are when they go into ministry. Are you yeah. there to get a degree to teach in front of a bunch of people to share the word in the Bible that most people can read by themselves? Or are you up there to bring a light to a generation that is younger than you to affect the next generation, to serve the next generation, to be a servant, not a teacher, but a servant? You can be a teacher and a servant, but this isn't like another day at school for these kids or these people. This Um, is a place where people go that they should be healed, that they should be delivered. But we're too worried about them reading the same verse that they just read the other day. They can break this down with guidance, but this this is the important thing. Anybody can show them a Bible verse. Not everybody can talk to these kids and tell them how much Jesus loves them and get these kids delivered. Because the truth about it is these kids go into this church and they don't see humility and they immediately feel like they're put on a pedestal Mm. or they're put on a podium and they're at the very bottom. Mm. Humility is everything. It's everything. Man. Man, I love that. I think that is, bro, it's kind of, oh my goodness, trying to find the words for this, bro. Like, you know, I think about being a servant of God, man. And like, when it comes to showing humility, man, like, you know, I feel like, yeah, I feel like, I feel like love and humility, they kind, they kind of mix, you know, like they kind of play a role and say, think about it. Like, yeah, if you, if you show that humility to the point where you can walk up to someone who is sitting by themselves, I love how you use that example, a kid who is sitting by themselves <laughs> with no one around the fact that you have the ability to walk over them and to talk with them, even if you don't know them yeah. and you talk to them about God and then that person ended up getting saved. The fact that you were being obedient and you show that humility just to love on them, that genuine love, because you didn't care about being in the front row. You didn't care about trying to go to the altar and worship to be the only one, you know what I'm saying? You did something that was different, but it was genuine. And I, and I believe that God does honor humility and like people who, you know what I'm saying, who has a platform, who'll get on stage and preach or to lead worship, you know, that that it's about you and the father. Um, and I feel like I feel like that we kind of miss that intimacy that like, how can you how can you have intimacy but not have humility? It doesn't make mm. sense, you know, like and I feel like you kind of need both to kind of hand in hand because like how dare me, how dare I get on a stage and preach God's word, and I'm not even producing fruit, or I try to preach God's word to to get a status quo, or a picture, or to get a, you know, fame from it, where's yeah. my heart at, but I can't get on stage and cry my heart out to God, because I'm afraid to get embarrassed by people, what happened to me, <clears throat> what happened to it being all about God, and yeah. you know what I'm saying, and I, and I feel like that we kind of missed that, man, especially in the ministry, or, you know, being a disciple groups or even being in some type of leadership position that we kind of miss humility. We kind of miss what it means to serve God and to show that genuineness of I'm not going to hold back my relationship with the Lord, no matter what platform I step on. Yeah. Um, and that's why, you know, I kind of I kind of love um, 
you know, when he says like, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Like, yes, like no one is perfect. Like yeah. perfection is not the key to that. But I feel like that as Christians, we are meant to serve the Lord with all our heart. We are meant to be challenged. We are meant to work hard. It may look differently uh, for everyone else, but we are meant to serve the Lord some way or another. Yeah. You know, people say, oh, if I'm not in the church, I can't serve God. That is false. You can serve God mm-hmm. anywhere. You can serve God in the library, your schools, um, stores, video games. Ministry is everywhere, bro. Yeah. You know, I always say I treat every day as a ministry opportunity. Someone can get saved today. Someone can get baptized today. A seed could get planted today. I believe in my heavenly father that he will grow the seed, that he can save someone. Like I believe that God has that power. He has that authority and he just shows that grace and that mercy for people, man. And I believe that so much. Um, And dude, I love those verses. Um, And I love how you elaborated on that and how you brought up that word. Um, humility man because I think that it's just so huge that we are kind of lacking right now as the church is that it's easy to get a picture taken it's easy to like you said post about what God is doing in your life yeah. all these things but when it comes to in-person <clears throat> interactions all of a sudden you can't show humility oh or my love of God is not as genuine as it is on social media it's like what like let's be real with ourselves you know let's evaluate our hearts um, you know, I, I will I will have to think about that, man. But before any of us ever get a platform or get put in a leadership position, you know, I feel like that we all should ask, like, God, like, where is my heart at? You yeah. know, like, why am I doing this? Am I ready to be vulnerable? Am I ready to show them your love? Like, it's it's just those things to think about, man, because, you know, I believe that, you know, God does tr- give us some type of authority when it comes to ministry or when it comes to a season or a time to where we do minister. God is entrusting us in this position. Um, and I believe that we, we have a responsibility that needs to be taken care of. Yeah. Um, but I love that, dude. Um, I love this um, chapter. I love how we're just running through the whole chapter of 12. Um, so verse 14, it talks about, um, you know, bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company um, of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Um, so, Billy, kind of this scripture, and I think this, they honestly, do like, this will be the kind of way to kind of end it off on the living sacrifice, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are your thoughts on that part right there, that <clears throat> passage? So, I basically, know. I love the way Paul breaks this down because he's, showing how to present yourself in the face of opposition or the face of differences. Wow. Come on. Yeah. So basically Paul is saying, bless those who persecute you and bless and do not curse. And boy, let me tell you what, I've been around this block (laughs) a few times. Yeah. I mean, I've been there. Um, it's hard, but whenever you, um, make your flesh your slave in this situation where you say, I will not speak out against this person. I will not act out in such a way that I um, hurt this person. You, you do a good thing and not doing a good thing because you don't hurt anybody, but doing a good thing because you're, you're being obedient to the Lord. Yeah. Um, it's, this is so important because temperament and anger issues is one thing. I struggle with sometimes because my mind gets going. I get frustrated really easily, but 
the Holy Spirit always has a way to kind of break that stuff down. Um, and Paul is just explaining how to present yourself in the face of just differences. So when he says, um, basically, he's saying to um, to set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. He's basically saying, yeah. um, don't be afraid to establish with the people that are not, um, who don't have a degree in this or are not, yeah. um, who are not pastors, people who are not ordained. Don't, don't be ashamed to just communicate and to share ideas and to just kind of gather and rally with these people because we're so focused on who's ordained, who's not ordained, who went to college, who didn't go to college. Do you have any ministry background? Have you gone on mission trips? We're so concentrated on this that we lose the fact of of what God is truly about. Because if you think about this and you read just about every person's story in the Bible, everything happened just like that. It was like a snap. Paul got turned on the road, and he was saved right then and there. The woman at the well, Jesus met her and changed her instantly. Peter, same thing, changed him. We, We forget this, that God can step as dead in our tracks in the middle of our sinning to use us. And I made this point with you and um, Hannah. Yeah. That our sin does not define the way God can use us. Sin will not, sin will not keep us and our wrongdoings, our sin, guilt, and shame does not change what God wants to do for us. It will never change your purpose. It will never take away your purpose because David did the same thing when he fell into sin. And, um, it just it's just one of those things where you have to realize that as a believer and as a follower of Christ, you now have not only your salvation, but you have a purpose that God has laid out that you don't know about yet. You don't know what it's going to mm. look like, but you have to be available, you have to be faithful, and you have to be obedient. Come on, dude. These things are so important. Because without either one of them, it's not going to go well. And you're going to get lost. And it happens more times than not with me. I do this all the time. One of these things goes away. And then it's like I fall. And I start all over again. But the thing is, God is always there to pick you right back up where you fell back off. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Because it doesn't matter where you fall short and wherever you sin, how bad you sin, how many times you sin. God is still ready for you to come back so he can fulfill your purpose so that you can that, that you can just receive your your purpose. You, what, what God wants to do for you next. You know, there is no God. I have to work my way back up again for you to use me. No, it's God. I repent. I I. I repent of my sins and I'm ready to follow you and be obedient again. Come on, it's dude, that come renewing, on. it's that renewing aspect again with the renewing of your mind and your spirit that in your heart, asking the Lord to change your will to his will. It's this obedience factor again and the renewing and the transforming of your mind and spirit 
of, Lord, I don't want to do this anymore, Father. I want to obey you. I want your will to be my will. And I don't care what it takes, but I want my purpose to be fulfilled. He never he never promises that, that you will not be persecuted or that you will never face trials or tribulations, but he always promises a way out. Dude. Always. That is one of the promises on, of God, that there's always a way out. When it seems there's no way, he is the way. There is always a way out. And it's so hard when you're in that pit and you can't even see around you that that you can't see what tomorrow looks like, what tonight looks like. I've been there. I've done that. I promise the dread of going home to know what's going to be there when I get there, the, the fear of tomorrow, of what tomorrow might look like. That's when obedience forms. Because when you have no hope left, the only place you can look is up. That the Lord is there and he said, I never left. I never left. He says, I'm ready when you're ready. He will never, he will never um, impose on you. He will never just interject his spirit for you. He will never just invade your privacy because when what love means and what the love of God means is I respect your personal boundaries. He will never impose on you. God loves you so much that if you hate him, he won't force himself on you. Yeah. He loves you so much that you may curse at him. You may, you may push him away, but he's still waiting on you to say, God, I'm here. He's still waiting on you to reach out to him. And it's one of those things where most people will live this life only saved by grace and grace alone. That's it. They will never, ever be used um, for their purpose because they're not one of these three things. Or they're not using all three things. They're not obedient. They're not available. And there's no faith involved in that. There, there's no faith. Dude, I am so proud of you, bro. Like, honestly, I'm not going to lie. Like, I believe, like, God just was just, he just definitely put something in your heart, Bailey. Yeah. I can just see you just, like, just going off, man, <laughs> just breaking it, dude. All glory to God. I mean, I love yeah. your heart so much. And honestly, dude, I think you nailed it, bro. I honestly think that we've, <laughs> we've covered the living sacrifice pretty well. I think yeah. you got to took over you you spoke your piece but i love it man um honestly i don't no one has a higher position right now dude we're both servants of the lord and yeah um regardless of that his word is going to be preached his word is going to be heard and um, i believe that seeds get planted by the lord and that whoever is listening to this that um truth has been spoken man i mean it's, i just want to thank you man for just hopping on and just sharing your piece um yeah. just talking about living sacrifice <laughs> because my plans had changed for this it wasn't going to be on this episode talking about this, but um, mm-hmm. it's no coincidence that it's, you know, it's important that we talk about that. Um, yeah, man. So me, yeah, man, um, I'll end us in prayer, bro. And um, we'll just go from there, dude. And we'll, I usually, what I do is after I pray, I kind of leave some encouragement, um, you know, two points or whatever um, to kind of like leave it off with some encouragement and something like that too. All right. Post one up. Um, mm-hmm. Dearly father, I just thank you for um, tonight. Um, I thank you for this episode of this podcast, Lord, and I'm believing, I am believing, God, that 
that not only that seeds are getting planted, but Lord, that you are going to move through this. That Lord, that this is your ministry. This is a ministry opportunity that you have blessed me with um, to be able to communicate your truth and your word, Lord. And um, I'm just so thankful to call you a father. I'm so thankful to see how you are working in Bailey's life, that he produces fruit because of you, that is ideal and it is present. And I can just see that he is walking with you, God. And um, I just pray for the hearts who are listening to this podcast, that they would just be softened and that they will understand that at the end of the day, God, that you have the final victory and that you've already won. I mean, that you are so omnipresent, that you are outside of space and time. You already know what's going to happen next. And God, I'm believing that um, that this ministry is going to grow and that uh, that it's not about you know, us getting fame or about us having a platform, but it's about you, Lord, and that we just keep our eyes on you about that. And Lord, I thank you. Um, and I thank you for putting Bailey in my life and uh, allowing him to be a servant of yours. Um, just how you, the things that you are doing in his life and you're just working in him is, um, is very inspiring. Um, and his boldness and his kindness and his love, God. Um, we love you. And it's in your precious holy name. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. Dude, thank you for hopping on, bro. Like I thank said, you. Again, um, you know, kind of to leave some encouragement for anyone <clears throat> who's listening. Just know that this life is not easy. Living a Christian life isn't. And no one's asking to be perfect. Um, I feel like God just wants us to be present. He wants us to be available. He wants yeah. us to be, um, to be, you know, just available to the point where he can use us, to where he can reveal things to us. He wants to grow with us. And I feel like that, um, we need to try our best to keep our, our eyes upon him, man. And that um, we realize that at the end of the day, um, nothing else matters but God. Um, and, and I feel like that um, when the world leaves you, he'll always be there. And I just yeah. feel like that he's just the perfect father, the perfect savior um, who just has that authority. He's in that position. Um, he is the king of kings. Um, Amen. So, um, yeah, we love y'all. Bailey, thank you, dude, once again. Thank you. Bro, awesome, bro. And uh, stay tuned for the next episode of The Truth. See ya. What's up? What's up, bro? Um, well, Bailey, welcome to the third episode of The Truth. Um, we're going to be talking about a living sacrifice. Um, I'm really excited that we get to talk about this, um, considering that we had these conversations in the car um, tonight. And I think that it's great that we get to share um, you know, just the things that God has put on our heart, but just what we learn. Um, and I'm just thankful that I get to do this with you, dude, um, and to have you. So open us up in prayer and we'll get started. Dear Holy Father, I just thank you for this time. Um, God, I just ask that, um, that you would just be present and that, um, that God, that you would just speak through us and just allow us to um, talk about you and talk about your word. Um, for God, that we know that um, this is about you. Because God, you have done so much in our lives. Um, and we just want to be able to just share that and just to continue just to walk with you, knowing that there is still more to come. And that we get to talk about what it means to be a living sacrifice, God. Um, we love you. And it's in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, yeah, dude. So, um, you know, today we're going to be talking about a living sacrifice. And, you know, one of the things that I thought about tonight, you know, when we were talking about this is like, man that who we once were before we knew god we are not that same person anymore you know we are saved by the grace of god yeah um and i know that 
you know what that comes with it comes with a new life a new life that has different a different meaning a different purpose and you know that we are now a part of god now and that means that it does come with a different perspective of life um and i'm just excited that we get to talk about that man and um you know kind of to start us off and you know for the fans to listen to um so what are your thoughts on what it means to be a living sacrifice bailey or just like what can you elaborate from just a personal point of view i'll let you just take on that all right so <clears throat> I believe that there is that there is two major milestones in a Christian walk or somebody who has faith in the Lord. They have two two milestones that they hit. And yeah. um those two major milestones are their salvation and this, which is what can also be concluded as um flourishment. Flourishment yeah. and finding your joy in Christ. So salvation is what everybody gets when they accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, the free gift of salvation through the through the death and the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So that's, that's our salvation. That's that's given to us. But it's like on our part um to flourish. The Lord wants us to flourish, but this mm. second milestone is is where we completely give everything to the Lord, you know, when when we talk about a living sacrifice, it's not saying, God, I'm going to die for you. That's just called a sacrifice. Yeah. Um, Romans 12 Ooh. goes into what an actual living sacrifice is. Mm. And it yeah. basically, Romans 12 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that yeah. you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is yeah. your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that, what is that good and acceptable and perfect, perfect will of God. Yeah. So what I take away from this is, when you become a new creation, everything yeah. has to change. Come on. Your personality is the same, but but your will has to switch from your will to the Father's will. Um, and when it yeah. says present present yourself as a living sacrifice, you know, anybody can be a martyr to the Lord. Anybody can say, I'll put my life on line for the Lord. But who can obviously say and confidently say that I will be a living sacrifice, that I will wow. live, I will live for you. You know, anybody can say I'll die for the Lord, but not everybody can say I will live each and every day for the Lord because it's a lot harder. I'm not going to lie. Um and it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah. So basically, what this is saying is you're becoming a new, you're transforming into a new person. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of people, you hear this a lot in society nowadays where people say they wish that they could just start all over. Yeah. And it's like, you really could. If you, if you look and you read um, in the Bible, all it talks about is you being transformed, you being a new creation in Christ. This is what Christ says. He, he says, come as you are, but not stay as you are. He come loves on. you so much, he'll forgive you, but he wants you to, to succeed. He wants you to be transformed. He wants you to stand out. And this is yeah. what it's saying. Don't be conformed to the world. Be different from the world. We live in this world, not of this world. So what really this good. is saying is, and for me personally, what it's telling me to do is every day I have to assess my situation, my setting, my, my life, and say, yeah. how do I live today 
honorable to Christ? How do I give honor to the Most High? How can I live in such a way that I represent Christ in everything I do? Mm. Dude, that is so good. I love that. I love how you elaborated on verse two. Um, you know, when I think about this, Bailey, like you're so right, dude. Like when we don't live like the world, we are set apart in that we begin to be looked at differently. People begin to question like, why are you living like this? There has this, the way you're living has to have some meaning or why don't, why don't you cuss? Why don't you drink? Why don't you do what I do? And what they fail to realize, it's not because of what we want or we're doing it just to be a show off we're doing it because like we serve a god we serve a father our savior someone who saved us someone who who provided us with this word that is living dude that is meant for teaching correcting conviction like it's breath it's alive and you know we're not meant to be like the world that's why we are the body of christ we are different for a reason because yes. we know that you know when we try to live this godly life live this life for god that they're going to be people who don't know God, people who want nothing to do with him. They're going to encounter us and we got to be prepared and be ready to know that am I going to be a light for them or be a darkness for them? And I think that it's just so imperative, man, that we do not copy the patterns of this world because while we try to be like the world, then how are we going to say we're representing Christ? How? If we're trying to copy the customs of the world, it doesn't make yeah. sense. Um, you know, we serve a God, you know, who is perfect. Like it says, like, and then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because when we keep our eyes on him, when we lean into his will and what he wants for our life, things begins to make sense. You know, like our life begins to be set new. We don't, the reason why we don't think like the world, because we have God in our life. We have God yeah. to look forward to, not what the world to look forward to. Yeah. And I think that it is just so important for Christians in today's society, in our generation, man, that you can't live both lives. You can't live for the world and live for God at the same time. No. Because you're, you're contradicting yourself. You're saying, oh, I want 50 50. That's not how it works. Mm hmm. And because then it didn't then it contradict yourself as saying, oh, I'm a living sacrifice for God. How am I a living sacrifice for God if I'm living for the world and living for him at the same time? Am I truly being a living sacrifice? You know? Yeah. Um, that's kind of my take on that, man. Um, yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? So basically, another thing <clears throat> that we need to consider and for me personally, this is what I had to do. Um what really changed everything is when I decided to take all these little small sacrifices that I couldn't see. And um, I prayed for discernment. Lord, show me what I need to give you. Because I got in this stage where I was I was saved. Um, I got baptized, everything. But it's like I didn't get anywhere. And I was in such a spot where it was confusion. Like, you know, Lord, why am I not being used in all these ways? Lord, why am I why am I stuck where I'm at? And the Lord basically told me, I can't take you any farther until you give me more slack to pull you forward. Wow. So what I had to do was I had to take all these little things and remove them from myself. So all these little sacrifices I had to give up to the Lord is what um, progressed me forward, whether it was my finances my relationships my 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 everything my family yeah. the very breath of my lungs lord my mindset my my everything um yeah. even down my will just whatever it takes and i gave it to him you're removing weight 
is what that is. Um, you're taking less control over over yourself and your life. Um, yeah. And and the good thing is there's a practical way to go to go about um, being a living sacrifice because um, also in Romans it talks about different ways we can be used as a living sacrifice um, and part of that um, Romans 12 um, 3 talks about serving God with spiritual gifts now a lot of people see this and they get afraid they get afraid because because a lot of people don't study this a lot of people don't understand this yeah. spiritual gifts are not something that we use to um, bring glory and honor to ourselves to show off no 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 spiritual gifts are used when somebody is um, presenting themselves as as an empty vessel for the Lord to use them for yeah. the return of the glory of God so what Romans 3 um, says is for I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to mm. think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So basically what, what, what Paul's saying here is, <clears throat> do not think of yourself as more high than another person, more holy than another person, because one yeah. person may have a spiritual gift and one may not have a spiritual gift. One may have a different spiritual gift than the other one. We as the body of Christ have differing um, jobs, differing, differing opportunities and, and responsibilities as the body of Christ. But the thing is, our differences is what hold together the, the body of Christ. So... One person may be blessed with the ability to to worship. You know, there's yeah. a difference between somebody yeah. singing and somebody being being um, blessed with the and being graced with the ability to worship the Lord. Yeah. Um, another one could be somebody um, who can who can speak in tongues. And again, this is another thing people don't are not familiar familiar with i mean i grew up baptist this was something that was very taboo something we didn't talk about um and the bible talks about two different types of tongues one being the heavenly tongue which yeah we cannot understand because it's the holy spirit speaking for us and over us and the second one is the one that can be translated that needs a translator now i will say there it's it's really something that's deep that you have to get into yeah. but 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 as <clears throat> as being a saved um man in christ and being a follower of christ i see these things and i don't i don't think well why why do we do this or why is this the way this is set yeah. up sure. i look at this and i say wow like this is awesome like like for some people who are just so um <clears throat> hung up on the idea of spiritual gifts that just don't understand it. Yeah. It's like you have to sit and think of how, what what more can I express the glory of God than just my actions and my words? Mm. This is what this is. This is the gift of God, the gift of the Holy Spirit working yeah. through you. Because I am for certain that God knew and foresaw this, that humans can only give God glory through just faith, works, and speech, but there has to be something more. 
you know, if you've ever seen somebody get healed, if you've ever seen somebody get delivered, if you've ever seen somebody get prophesied over, it's just something that is beyond human conception to where the only thing you can say is glory be to God. That's a miracle. You know, and a lot of people try and get into this mindset of, but why? Like trying to understand why we would operate this way or try and understand why God did did this. Well, the more that the more that you try and understand God, the less he becomes God. The more that the more that you try and chase after the the knowledge of God, the less his miracles are miracles anymore. Wow. They're just Come expected. On, when you go with an opinion formed into a church and an expectation, those miracles and those deliverances and the prophecy and and the healing, the delivering is all expected. You're quenching the spirit. Therefore, yeah. it is not a miracle. It's just a routine. And routine wow. is religion, and religion is tradition, which is against the whole point in the first place. God does not work in rotation. God works in free will in, in himself. And he's just God, God works in such a way that we can't even think of how or why he does things. That's why he's God. That's why he is the the great i am he is above every other name he is above everything because his he's he's literally everything it there's just no way to put it and it's it's something where if you're if you're against these things um i don't judge anybody but it's something you have to experience because just living just just living as a saved christian is not enough is not enough because because salvation salvation is guaranteed through the grace of god but these Mm -hmm. spiritual gifts are are literally it's a gift and it's not only a gift it's a privilege and such an honor to have as the body of christ and it's so important to just to just to just um envelop these things and to use them to show the glory of god and i feel like if a lot of people were more open about it, I feel like there'd be a lot more people um, wondering about the faith. Like we, like when people think of Christians, they think of these stuck-up people that think that we're better than everybody else. But we shouldn't. We should be the ones crying out to people, "Come get saved! Come get healed! Deliver! Come, come to us with your with your problems, with your addictions. We will show you." the lord we will show you how to get out of this pit that you're in but we're not if we can't sit in the same room with somebody we can't stand in a church building how do you think we're going to react when somebody comes to us for help it doesn't make any sense i had this conversation with my middle schoolers yeah um, in my life group and they're talking about this girl this weird girl in their class and they make fun of her all the time and i asked them well, how do you how do you talk to her? And they said, "Well, we asked her to go to church." And I said, "That's against the whole point. You're being this is hypocrisy." I said, "Imagine if this girl said, "Yes, I'll go to church with you, but is it all right if I sit next to you?" I brought this question up to these kids, and they looked at me and they said, "I would say no. She can't." And I told them, I said, "This is the whole point of why people don't they run away from the church. It's because we're not open. The doors are not open. We do not accept people." Um, as they come, we can't expect somebody to get clean, then come to church. I say, bring them dirty. I say, bring them with addictions, bring them with, with, with these chains, bring them with this pain so we can 
heal and we can deliver to show them the glory of God, that there is a God that cares and loves for them, that has a purpose for them, has a plan and and just has a way for them. But we can't because we're so, so concerned on what on what we do and do not do on a Sunday morning that we were so we're hot headed in a way. We're so worried about what what pastor's going to teach on Sunday when we're not worried about the people who need deliverance, the people that need healing, and the people that need to know the Lord. You know, I'd rather go to a room full of full of people that don't know the Lord than be in a room of people that say they know the Lord but quench the spirit. Because the man. vibe is completely different. Wow, wow. Man, I... Dude, I love everything that you done said. Like, come on, glory to God. Like, that was just truth right there, man. Like, so many points you made. And one of the things that I love that you kind of reminded me of was you was talking about gifts. It's like, man, like, we can't forget that we are designed for God's glory, right? And yeah. when it comes to spiritual gifts, I think we, we tend to, you know, kind of idolize them and think that, oh, I have this gift. I can use it anytime I want or it's natural. I can do it however I want. No, that is negative. God has blessed you with this gift. And I believe that in his will and when the, in his spirit, that if he wants you to operate in this gift at a certain time, he will allow mm -hmm. that. It's not something that you can just activate. It's not a superpower. It's not something that you can abuse and be like, oh, I have the spiritual gift of prophecy. I can just activate my prophecy gift anytime. No, that's not how that works. It's meant for God's glory. God is going to minister through us. He's going to use us. That's what these gifts are for. I don't I don't necessarily think these gifts are for us to boast about, like you said, to think we're more holy or higher than someone. Oh, you can't speak in tongues. I can. That makes me more holier than you. No, mm -hmm. you know, and I think, you know, that kind of goes back to the beginning <clears throat> when we talk about, you know, like us being a living sacrifice, you know, like we're not walking this walk alone. Therefore, we cannot claim these things as if it's our own. We cannot claim that because of our works we earn salvation we can't claim yeah. that because we're on fire for god or we we are we walked with the lord and did all these things that these gifts are ours like no it's the lord's bro and i mm -hmm. love that so much and i think as the church we kind of forget where we came from and we kind of forget of the creator that we serve yeah um, because we get so consumed in you know our ministry um the people that we've baptized baptized people that we've led to christ like we get so caught up in the moment and our experiences we kind of miss the whole point of how we got there um and how god is the reason why we were able to be in that spot yeah. dude. so um dude i love that you where you touched on that about the gifts and um about just you know like you said just we're to be in those vessels we're just vessels being used by the lord yeah um but yeah, dude, I love that. Um, kind of wanted to get with because Romans 12, you know, is pretty straightforward. God's word is nothing but truth. We believe that in our hearts. And, you know, verse nine, um, it says, don't just don't just pretend to love others. Um, really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Verse 10, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Verse 11, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. In verse 12, rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. When when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Mm -hmm. Bailey, I love what that. Your, what, what are your thoughts on <clears throat> those couple of verses right there? What does it mean to you? Okay, so <clears throat> I love the way that Paul 
presents these because he presents them in not a way that um in a way that can be misunderstood it's just straightforward so he's saying let love be without hypocrisy yeah. which is saying and i love the way that he puts this um <clears throat> say that you've got a group of friends and they're all struggling with sin one is um, struggling with sexual immorality. One is struggling with pride, and yeah. like one is struggling with just I don't I don't know um, just something else. How are you going to say I love the one that's struggling with lust and sexual immorality, but I don't yeah. love the one that's struggling with pride? It says let love, let love be with that hypocrisy. Yeah. Do not let people affect or don't don't let the people's sins affect the way that, that you love them. If oh, your wow. brother Come if on. your brother if your brother or sister falls, you're not supposed to stop loving them or just tell them to kick rocks or you leave. You're called um to walk this life with these people. Um and I understand communities change, people are temporary, um they're seasons, seasonal friends. So I truly believe that while you are there and while you are available to these people, you are that responsibility to love them and not loving them so that you can love them, but love them because God loves them and he loves you. That's what this is saying. Um, And he's saying, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. So I really like what he's saying here because it this is what a Christian is. A Christian is not somebody who goes out to tell people what they should and should not do. Christians are called mm, on, to be servants, um, <clears throat> just like Jesus was. Jesus said, I was come here to serve, not to be served but to serve. Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. And they said, Rabbi, what are you doing? He's washing their feet. He's showing them what a servant does. We are to humble ourselves before other people to help people. I I love the fact that we love to send and we love to brag about sending missionaries overseas when we can't worry about the place across the street that he's Jesus. We don't. We really don't. Oh my goodness. And... We should delight in this. We don't, we're so, humility is a big thing in the church that, mm. that needs to be fixed. Wow. Humility, wow. a church without humility is not a church at all. A church without humility is a place Amen. of just arrogance and a place where people go. That just, there's no, the, the Holy Spirit will not be where people don't want it to be. Because then where there's not humility, there's no room for the Holy Spirit to be there to move. So in that way, you're acting within your own strength and your own actions. So it's bound to fail. Yeah. Um, and with with that being said, with humility, you understand and you can have that discernment to see the small things. Mm. Um, if you've ever seen, um, you can tell this by a lot of people, and I've seen this. If there is a pastor up on the stage or if there's leaders in the room and they're giving this big sermon and they're calling people to be um, to receive Jesus. And then there's that one kid in the back of the room that nobody is sitting around. 
and you see somebody go up and start talking to them. That's humility. We're not looking for numbers. We're looking for genuineness. Wow. <clears throat> I'd rather a room have one genuine salvation than have 10 people or 50 people raise their hand because the person next to them raised their hand to receive Jesus. Not out of fear of hell, but because I want to receive Jesus, I want to be healed, and I want to be used for the glory of God. There's a difference between the fear of God and the love of God, and they both go hand in hand. The fear of God being that I know who God is and I acknowledge His power, and the love of God is I love Him so much that I'll do whatever He wants me to do. You see, a lot of people want to choose Jesus because they don't want to go to hell. How many people want to choose Jesus because they love Jesus and they want to be used by Jesus, by the Holy Spirit? Dude, that is so good, That man. is so important that people acknowledge what their priorities are when they go into ministry. Are you there to get a degree to teach in front of a bunch of people to share the word in the Bible that most people can read by themselves? Or are you up there to bring a light to a generation that is younger than you to affect the next generation, to serve the next generation, to be a servant, not a teacher, but a servant? You can be a teacher and a servant, but this isn't like another day at school for these kids or these well, people. Yeah. This is a place where people go that they should be healed, that they should be delivered. But we're too worried about them reading the same verse that they just read the other day. They can break this down with guidance, but this isn't. This is the important thing. Anybody can show them a Bible verse. Not everybody can talk to these kids and tell them how much Jesus loves them and get these kids delivered. Because the truth about it is these kids go into this church and they don't see humility and they immediately feel like they're put on a pedestal or they're put on a podium and they're at the very bottom. Humility is everything. It's everything. Man. Man, I love that. I think that is, bro, it's kind of, oh my goodness, trying to find the words for this, bro. Like, you know, I think about being a servant of God, man. And like, when it comes to showing humility, man, like, you know, I feel like, yeah, I feel like, I feel like love and humility, they kind, they kind of mix, you know, like they kind of play a role instead of thinking about it. Like, yeah, if you, if you show that humility to the point where you can walk up to someone who is sitting by themselves, I love how you use that example, a kid who is sitting by themselves <laughs> with no one around the fact that you have the ability to walk over them and to talk with them even if you don't know them yeah. and you talk to them about God and then that person ended up getting saved the fact that you were being obedient and you show that humility just to love on them that genuine love because you didn't care about being in the front row you didn't care about trying to go to the altar and worship to be the only one you know what I'm saying you did something that was different but it was genuine and I, and I believe that God does honor humility and like people who you know what I'm saying, who has a platform, who'll get on stage and preach or to lead worship, you know, that, that it's about you and the Father. Um, and I feel like I feel like that we kind of miss that intimacy that like how can you how can you have intimacy but not have humility? It doesn't make mm. sense, you know, like and I feel like you kinda need both to kind of hand in hand because like how dare me, how dare I get on a stage and preach God's word and I'm not even producing fruit. Or I try to preach God's word to to get a status quo or a picture or to get a you know fame from it. Where's yeah. my heart at? But I can't get on stage and cry my heart out to God because I'm afraid to get embarrassed by people 
what happened to me <clears throat> what happened to it being all about God and yeah. you know what I'm saying and I, and I feel like that we kind of missed that man especially in the ministry or you know being in disciple groups or even being in some type of leadership position that we kind of miss humility we kind of miss what it means to serve God and to show that genuineness of I'm not gonna hold back my relationship with the Lord no matter what platform I step on yeah um and that's why you know I kind of I kind of love um you know when he says like never be lazy but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically like yes like no one is perfect like yeah perfection is not the key to that but I feel like that as Christians we are meant to serve the Lord with all our heart we are meant to be challenged we are meant to work hard it may look differently uh, for everyone else but we are meant to serve the Lord some way or another yeah. you know, people say oh if I'm not in the church I can't serve God that is false you can serve God mm-hmm. anywhere you can serve God in the library your schools um, stores video games ministry is everywhere bro yeah you know I always say I treat every day as a ministry opportunity someone can get saved today someone can get baptized today a seed could get planted today i believe in my heavenly father that he will grow the seed that he can save someone like i believe that god has that power he has that authority and he just shows that grace and that mercy for people man and i believe that so much um and dude i love those verses um and i love how you elaborated on that and how you brought up that word um, humility man because I think that it's just so huge that we are kind of lacking right now as the church is that it's easy to get a picture taken it's easy to like you said post about what God is doing in your life yeah. all these things but when it comes to in-person <clears throat> interactions all of a sudden you can't show humility oh or my love of God is not as genuine as it is on social media it's like what like let's be real with ourselves you know let's evaluate our hearts um, and, you know, I, I would I would have to think about that, man. But before any of us ever get a platform or get put in a leadership position, you know, I feel like that we all should ask, like, God, like, where is my heart at? You yeah. Know, like, why am I doing this? Am I ready to be vulnerable? Am I ready to show them your love? Like, it's it's just those things to think about, man. Because, you know, I believe that, you know, God does tr- give us some type of authority when it comes to ministry or when it comes to a season or a time to where we do minister God is entrusting us in this position um, and I believe that we we have a responsibility that needs to be taken care of yeah um, but I love that dude um, I love this um, chapter I love how we're just running through the whole chapter 12 um, so verse 14 talks about um, you know bless those who persecute you don't curse them pray that God will bless them be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep live in harmony with each other don't be too proud to enjoy the company um, of ordinary people and don't think you know it all um so Billy, kind of this scripture and i think this honestly do like this would be the kind of way to kind of end it off on the living sacrifice honestly mm-hmm. um, but what are your thoughts on that part right there that <clears throat> passage so I basically know. i love the way paul breaks this down because he's showing how to present yourself in the face of opposition or the face of differences wow come on yeah so basically paul is saying bless those who persecute you and bless and do not curse and boy let me tell you what i've been around this block (laughs) a few times yeah i mean i've been there um it's hard but whenever you um 
make your flesh your slave in this situation where you say, I will not speak out against this person. I will not act out in such a way that I um, hurt this person. You you do a good thing and not doing a good thing because you don't hurt anybody, but doing a good thing because you're you're being obedient to the Lord. Yeah. Um, it's This is so important because temperament and anger issues is one thing I struggle with sometimes because my mind gets going, I get frustrated really easily, but the Holy Spirit always has a way to kind of break that stuff down. Um, And Paul's just explaining how to present yourself in the face of just differences. So when he says, um, basically, He's saying to um, to set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. He's basically saying, yeah. um, don't be afraid to establish with the people that are not, um, who don't have a degree in this or are not, yeah. um, who are not pastors, people who are not ordained. Don't, don't be ashamed to just communicate and to share ideas and to just kind of gather and rally with these people because we're so focused on who's ordained, who's not ordained, who went to college, who didn't go to college. Do you have any ministry background? Have you gone on mission trips? We're so concentrated on this that we lose the fact of of what God is truly about. Because if you think about this and you read just about every person's story in the Bible, everything happened just like that. It was like a snap. Paul got turned on the road and he was saved right then and there. The woman at the well, Jesus met her and changed her instantly. Peter, same thing, changed him. We, We forget this, that God can step as dead in our tracks in the middle of our sinning to use us and I made this point with you and um, Hannah yeah that our sin does not define the way God can use us sin will not sin will not keep us and our wrongdoings our sin guilt and shame does not change what God wants to do for us it will never change your purpose it will never take away your purpose because David did the same thing when he fell into sin and um it just it's just one of those things where you have to realize that as a believer and as a follower of Christ you now have not only your salvation but you have a purpose that God has laid out that you don't know about yet you don't know what it's going to mm. look like but you have to be available you have to be faithful and you have to be obedient these things are so important because without either one of them, it's not going to go well. And you're going to get lost. And it happens more times than not with me. I do this all the time. One of these things goes away. And then it's like I fall. And I start all over again. But the thing is, God is always there to pick you right back up where you fell back off. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Because it doesn't matter where you fall short and wherever you sin, how bad you sin, how many times you sin. God is still ready for you to come back so he can fulfill your purpose so that you can that, that you can just receive your 
your purpose, you, what, what God wants to do for you next. You know, there is no God, I have to work my way back up again for you to use me. No, it's God, I repent, I, I, I repent of my sins and I'm ready to follow you and be obedient again. On, it's dude, that renewing on. it's that renewing aspect again with the renewing of your mind and your spirit that in your heart asking the lord to change your will to his will it's this obedience factor again and the renewing and the transforming of your mind and spirit of lord i don't want to do this anymore father i want to obey you i want your will to be my will and i don't care what it takes but I want my purpose to be fulfilled. He never, he never promises that, that you will not be persecuted or that you will never face trials or tribulations, but he always promises a way out. Dude. Always. That is one of the promises on, of God, that there's always a way out. When it seems there's no way, he is the way. There is always a way out. And it's so hard when you're in that pit and you can't Take even over, see bro. around you that, that you can't Preach see it. what tomorrow looks like, what tonight looks like. I've been there. I've done that. I promise the dread of going home to know what's going to be there when I get there, the, the fear of tomorrow, of what tomorrow might look like. That's when obedience forms. Because when you have no hope left, the only place you can look is up that the Lord is there and he said I never left I never left he says I'm ready when you're ready he will never he will never um, impose on you he will never just interject his spirit for you he will never just invade your privacy because when what love means and what the love of God means is I respect your personal boundaries. He will never impose on you. God loves you so much that if you hate him, he won't force himself on you. Yeah. He loves you so much that you may curse at him. You may, you may push him away, but he's still waiting on you to say, God, I'm here. He's still waiting on you to reach out to him. And it's one of those things where most people will live this life only saved by grace and grace alone. That's it. They will never, ever be used um, for their purpose because they're not one of these three things. Or they're not using all three things. They're not obedient. They're not available. And there's no faith involved in that. There, there's no faith. Dude, I am so proud of you bro like honestly i'm not gonna lie like i believe like god just was just he just definitely puts something in your heart bailey i yeah. can just see you just like just going off man <laughs> just breaking it dude all glory to god man. i love yeah. your heart so much and honestly dude i think you nailed it bro i honestly think that we've we've covered the living sacrifice pretty well i think yeah you took over you, you spoke your piece but i love it man um honestly I don't, no one has a higher position right now, dude. We're both servants of the Lord. And yeah. um, regardless of that, his word is going to be preached. His word is going to be heard. Um, I believe that seeds get planted by the Lord and that whoever is listening to this, that um, truth has been spoken, man. I mean, it's, I just want to thank you, man, for just hopping on, just sharing your peace. Um, yeah. Just talking about living sacrifice <laughs> because my plans had changed for this. It wasn't going to be 
on this episode talking about this, but um, mm-hmm. it's no coincidence that it's, you know, it's important that we talk about that. Um, yeah, man. So, yeah, man, um, I'll end us in prayer, bro, and um, we'll just go from there, dude. And we'll, I usually, what I do is after I pray, I kind of leave some encouragement, um, you know, two points or whatever, um, to kind of like leave it off with some encouragement and something like that, too. All right. Post one up. Um, Dear Holy Father, I just thank you for um, tonight. Um, I thank you for this episode of this podcast, Lord. And I'm believing, I am believing, God, that that not only that seeds are getting planted, but Lord, that you are going to move through this. That Lord, that this is your ministry. This is a ministry opportunity that you have blessed me with um, to be able to communicate your truth and your word, Lord. And um, I'm just so thankful to call you a father. I'm so thankful to see how you are working in Bailey's life, that he produces fruit because of you, that is ideal and it is present. And I can just see that he is walking with you, God. And um, I just pray for the hearts who are listening to this podcast, that they would just be softened and that they will understand that at the end of the day, God, that you have the final victory and that you've already won. I mean, that you are so omnipresent, that you are outside of space and time. You already know what's going to happen next. And God, I'm believing that um, that this ministry is going to grow and that uh, that it's not about you know, us getting fame or about us having a platform, but it's about you, Lord, and that we just keep our eyes on you about that. And Lord, I thank you. Um, and I thank you for putting Bailey in my life and allowing him to be a servant of yours. Um, just how you, the things that you are doing in his life and you're just working in him is, um, is very inspiring. Um, and his boldness and his kindness and his love, God. Um, we love you. And it's in your precious holy name. Right. Amen. Amen. Dude, thank you for hopping on, bro. Like I thank said, you. Man, um, you know, kind of to leave some encouragement for anyone <clears> who's <throat> listening. Just know that this life is not easy. Living a Christian life isn't. And no one's asking to be perfect. Um, I feel like God just wants us to be present. He wants us to be available. He wants yeah. us to be, um, to be, you know, just available to the point where he can use us, to where he can reveal things to us. He wants to grow with us. And I feel like that um, we need to try our best to keep our, our eyes upon him man and that um, we realize that at the end of the day um, nothing else matters but God um, and and I feel like that um, when the world leaves you he will always be there again I yeah feel like that he's just the perfect father the perfect savior um, who just has that authority he's in that position um, he is the king of kings um, amen so um yeah, we love y'all. Bailey, thank you, dude, once again. Thank you. Bro, awesome, bro. And uh, stay tuned for the next episode of The Truth. See you.